Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Uh, Yes, uh, the reason I want to introduce uh, this is because our reading today is slightly different to, uh, to normal. So it's quite a long reading, and it was a little bit repetitive, so we thought one voice uh, might not be best. So we gathered a few people together um, to, um, to read this on Zoom earlier on in the week, and so uh, this is the result of that. Uh, I encourage you uh, to look out and see if you can spot my starring role. I don't think you'll be able to see me, but maybe you'll be able to hear me, so uh, have a listen out for that. And here's our reading. reading this morning is taken from Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisers, treasurers, judges, magistrates and all the other provincial officers to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisers, treasurers, judges, magistrates and all the other provincial officers assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and people of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sounds of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music. You must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and people of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, 
that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up. Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good, but if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what god will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied to the king. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisers, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into that fire? They replied, Certainly, your majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a, a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps, prefects, governors and royal advisers crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the god of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own gods. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other god can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in their province of Babylon. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Wonderful. But did you notice the camera didn't even flick to me for certainly your majesty? Um, 
unbelievable. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, Sheridan assures me there are no small parts, only small actors. So uh, I'm taking that to heart. So here we are then in Daniel chapter 3. And despite the title, Daniel himself, nowhere to be seen. We're not sure where he is, maybe off on an international diplomatic mission somewhere. But today, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who up to now have been kind of supporting actors, they come to the fore. This is their story. Now, I need to let you know right at this point that whenever I hear the phrase Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I immediately think of the 1974 Sly and the Family Stone song. Uh, I don't know if you've heard it. It's amazing. It's got a really funky drum and bass bit. And then kind of in between the verses and choruses, people just chant, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, etc., and so on. Uh, and it's amazing. I've got no idea why they do that in this song. It doesn't seem to bear any relevance to the rest of the lyrics whatsoever. Um, the song itself is entitled, you'll be interested to know, Loose Booty. So um, I can only presume it's about a small child struggling with her soft footwear. Um, so I don't know what's going on with the song, but it's lovely. I really like it. So if you see me kind of bobbing my head uh, as we go through uh, this sermon, you'll know what's going through my mind. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is also, of course, a story of King Neb, who uh, we've discovered over the last couple of weeks both a Fruit Loop and an egomaniac, the most powerful man in the world. And uh, in the last chapter, chapter two, he had a dream. And in his dream, uh, he saw a statue that was made of four different metals, gold, uh, silver, bronze and iron, and then a bit mixed with clay. And Daniel had interpreted this dream for him, and he told him that the four metals on this statue represented four kingdoms. That King Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, the Babylonian Empire, was the golden head, but that his empire would come crashing down, and another one would take its place, then another one, then another one. But that in the end, all those kingdoms would crash and burn, and it's only the kingdom of God that lasts forever. And it seems like King Neb gets it. He declares his allegiance to God. But then here we are at the beginning of this chapter. What has he done? He's made a statue of himself, not just with a head of gold, but the whole thing made of gold. It's as if he's thumbing his nose at God and saying, look, you said my kingdom isn't like going to last forever, but I tell you it is. And people are going to worship me. Egomaniac, remember. And here comes the Fruit Loop bit. He decrees that anyone who doesn't bow down and worship this statue, this idol, uh, whenever various forms of music play, uh, they'll be thrown into a blazing furnace. And then we get these astrologers coming. Now, again, we need to remember that in the first couple of chapters, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, along with Daniel himself, have risen up through the ranks of power and authority in Babylon. And of course, whenever that happens, there are other people who had held those positions of power who get jealous. And I think we can presume the astrologers are that in this story. And they come and grass on uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They tell the king, look, you said people don't worship you. You've got to throw them in, a, in the blazing furnace. And these guys don't do it. The king was left with no choice. So he summons Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into his presence uh, and says to them, you need to do this, otherwise I'm going to have to throw you in the blazing furnace. And then what God could save you from my hand? And it's here that I think we get into the meat of the chapter, verses 16 to 18. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego respond in unison, it appears. It reminds me of Fred and George in the Harry Potter movies. Uh, But what they say is amazing. So they say to King Neb, we don't need to defend ourselves on this matter. Our God is able to deliver us. He will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to worship your idol. It's amazing. There is so much in those few words. And so for a few minutes today, I want to just break them down into their phrases and look at them to see what they show us about how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego lived and how we might be inspired to live ourselves. So first of all, they say we don't need to defend ourselves. Now, here they are in front of the most powerful man in the world, a Fruit Loop egomaniac who's about to throw them into a fire. You'd think if there was ever a time to defend yourself, that would be it, right? But not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why? Well, I think because actually their lives did the talking for them. The way that they lived such godly, authentic, appealing, and attractive lives, that did the talking. They didn't need to defend themselves. They didn't need to defend their faith. They didn't need to defend God because their lives lived it out. Now, down through the centuries, Christians have done a lot of defending of the faith, so much so that our monarch is even called the defender of the faith. And don't mishear me, it's really important for us to have a reason for what we believe and to be able to talk with people about it. But I do wonder if we'd spent less time defending the faith and more time living the faith, things might have been better. That's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want to be someone who lives out my faith in such a way that people can see it expressed in who I am. So, they, just, they didn't need to defend themselves. And then they say to, uh, to King Neb, our God is able to deliver us. Now again, don't forget here, they're talking to the most powerful man in the world who's about to kill them. You could understand it if they'd got their perspective wrong. But they knew that their God was bigger. Now, I've used this example before, but it's a good one, so I'm going to use it again. If you go out tonight when it's dark and look up at the moon, you can put your thumb above your head, and your little thumb can completely block out the light of the moon. From your perspective, your thumb is bigger than the moon. Now, of course, we know that in reality, the moon is infinitely bigger than our thumb. But from that perspective, it doesn't look that way. When we're facing difficult things in our lives, or when there are obstacles in our path, or when there are people who are making things really hard, it's so easy to get the perspective wrong. But actually, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that as the moon is infinitely bigger than a thumb, so God is infinitely bigger even than King Neb. And it goes for us too. Whatever's going on in our lives, and there are really hard things going on in people's lives, the truth is that as big as they seem, God is infinitely bigger. He is able to deliver. Psalm 146 verse 3 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unfathomable. I love that. 
That's the God that we serve. His greatness is unfathomable. So whatever we're facing, facing, our God is bigger. So they say, our God is able to deliver. They then go on to say, he will deliver us. This is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego living out their faith. They believe that God is going to deliver them. Not just that he's able to, but that he cares enough to actually do it. Another psalm, Psalm 136, verse 3 says, With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. See, God has a mighty hand, but also his arm is outstretched towards us because of his great love for us. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that, and they believed that God would deliver them. What wonderful faith. But you know what I love even more? It's the combination of that bit with the next bit. So they say, he will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, dot, dot, dot. Now that, I think, is the way to live. So he is able to deliver us. That is faith. But even if he doesn't, that is an acknowledgement of God's sovereignty, of the fact that God's thoughts are not our thoughts and God's ways are not our ways. And the truth is, life doesn't always happen exactly as we want it to, does it? And this seems to me like the perfect, balanced way to live. We're, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> We're called to live in faith, but also with an acknowledgement that God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. We can't pin him down to exactly what we want to happen. I think that's a beautiful combination. Faith and an acknowledgement of God's sovereignty uh, in our lives. So he will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, and then they go on to say, even if he doesn't, we will not worship your idol. So they're saying, they believe that God has the capacity, they believe that he will, but even if he doesn't, they're not going to change the way they live. They're not going to conform to the world around them. They're not going to succumb to what King Neb wants them to do. They're not going to worship that idol. And there's an inspiration and a challenge for us in that, I think. Now, probably none of us here are going to be forced to bow down and worship a statue. But there are idols in our society that it's easy to end up worshipping. The pursuit of money, or houses, or cars. The abuse of power, or sex. Busyness, laziness, conforming to the structures around us. And we have to be careful about that, because some people who say, well, I'm not conforming to the world, they just use it as an excuse for bigotry or racism or whatever, and we're not interested in that. But actually not conforming to the idolatry of the world, sex, money, power, whatever. But choosing, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to instead live lives of love and grace, of hope and joy and peace, godly, authentic lives that bring glory to God, that's inspiring. And that's what's going to make a difference in the world around us. So, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego said, we don't need to defend ourselves. They had faith to say that God was able to deliver. They had faith that he would deliver, but they were realistic enough to say, but he might not. But even if he doesn't, we're going to live godly and authentic lives. I think that's wonderful. (laughs) Woo indeed. So, what happens? Well, they get chucked in the fire, don't they? 
But two amazing things happen. The first is God does deliver them. They are unharmed. But the second amazing thing that I want to think about just for one or two minutes now as I close is that in the midst of them being in the fire, so they do come out unharmed, but let's not forget they were in the fire for a bit. That must have been frightening, petrifying, awful. But as they're in there, as they're really going through it, as they're in their darkest moment, King Neb looks and says, weren't there three men who were in there? Certainly, Your Majesty, the advisers replied. But King Neb can see a fourth, and one who he describes as looking like a son of the gods. In their most difficult moment, the people around them could see something of God reflected in in them. I've got a friend, I had a friend, called Ian. He was actually the, the dad of one of my best mates, Stevie, but he was a friend as well, and he died a few years ago. And there wasn't that much time between diagnosis and death, just a few months. But during that time, unbelievably difficult time, the way that he and his family lived meant that others saw Jesus in them. It meant that people, friends, family, the people that Ian worked with, he was a lawyer and he worked with, I suppose, what you might call some of the underbelly of society. And all of them saw in him the light of Jesus in the midst of his most difficult time. So, so inspiring. And that's who I want to be. I want to be able to be like that. That in the midst of the hardest bits, when I'm walking through the flames, that people might see God in me. And that's my hope and prayer for all of us here. It's hard. But it is possible, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to live godly, authentic lives, even in the most difficult of circumstances, which point people towards God. I'll take a moment in quiet now. I wonder, was there one thing in what I've just said that struck a chord? And if there was, what might you do about it this week? A moment of quiet, and then I'll pray. Lord God, whatever it is you've spoken to us about this morning, inspire us to be like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego for your glory. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.